Welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist. I'm so glad you're here. Today we are talking about a topic that has impacted every single person on the planet in one way or another. We're talking about trauma and we're going to talk a bit about our inner child. And just a side note, I will be doing a bonus episode on two essential oil blends from Young Living called Trauma Life and Inner Child. And these two oils are so helpful in processing through hard and traumatic things that we have to go through. But today I get to share a conversation that I had with an amazing trauma specialist, Jenna Glass. Jenna is a licensed professional counselor from Georgia who specializes in trauma She's certified in brain spotting. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And she does a lot of focused work with people who are working to sustain sobriety, as well as work around prenatal mental health and trauma. The information and insight she shares in this conversation is going to be so helpful to so many people. You are going to want to hear this conversation. I know you're going to want to hear about her website also. When you get a chance, please go and sign up for her email list so you can stay in touch with her. She has lots going on that you and the people you know will want to be a part of. Okay, I'm super excited to share this conversation with you. I know it's going to add value to your day. Let's listen in. My name is Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Leaving my career as a therapist, business owner, and counselor educator was a big risk. But now, as an author, coach, entrepreneur, and podcast host, I am fulfilling my passion to help people move forward toward an essentially better life. Each episode is filled with stories, information, and ideas that I know will be valuable to your life and to the lives you touch. So if you need a therapist, or just someone who used to be a therapist, I know that this is a place that you will feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Jana, thank you very much for joining me today. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm glad I get to meet you. It's fun. Me too. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, it's fun because I get to see you. So it's kind of fun to get to see people and meet them, like like virtually meet them. Anyway, we are going to be talking today about trauma and about inner child work and what that means and all of the stuff around that. But before we get going on that, I would love for you to tell us just a little bit about yourself, where you live, your family, all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So I'm Jana Glass and I live in Atlanta, Georgia. And I have um, a husband and twin girls, um, and I have a private practice in the Atlanta area um, where I serve mostly people who have experienced trauma, Mm -hmm. um, addiction, and trying to help them support recovery, as well as perinatal mental health. So helping people through every stage of family building from gee, maybe I'd like to have a baby all the way through the process of difficulties they may or may not face, difficulties with birth or any difficulties postpartum, whether that's mood or just overall adjustment. Um, I'm there to help support through all those phases. 
That's super interesting. And I'm sure that trauma comes into that too. I mean, just so much stuff comes up when you are building a family. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I think for a lot of people having things that happen before family building ends up being brought up during family building, Mm -hmm. which kind of brings us to inner child. Yeah. And, you know, just really looking at what do we even mean when we say inner child? And so it's interesting because it has two sides to it. So I can't wait to hear about it. But first, before we get into that, I want to ask you a question because I'm asking all of the guests this season this question because you're all therapists. Why did you want to become a counselor or become a therapist? I am one of those people who literally never wanted to do anything else. That when you asked me when I was a kid, what you want to be when you grow up, I wanted to help people with their problems. And I'm one of the few who actually stuck with it and went and got a psychology and counseling degree And it just always felt like my life's purpose to be there to support people, to help them through their challenges and to make life a better place for them and more livable. And do you feel like you're like fulfilling that dream or vision or your why now that you're doing that? I really do. I mean, trauma work is very, very heavy and Mm -hmm. very difficult, both for the client and for the therapist. Mm -hmm. But what I try to keep focused on is that I can't change what happened to that individual, but I can help it stop hurting Mm -hmm. and make it where the burden is less heavy for them Mm -hmm. and they're able to get more enjoyment out of life Mm -hmm. and be able to live a life without the past coming into the present Mm -hmm. because that's what trauma does is it takes things, it mixes up the order of things. And so things that may have happened 10, 20 years ago still show up today in their present day lives. Mm -hmm. And it's confusing for people because they're like, but it happened so long ago. But there was something so system disrupting for them that it gets stuck in their brain. Mm -hmm. And that at any time, it's almost like a trauma capsule. Robert Scare came up with that concept where It's like the event gets trapped in space and time on a brain level and anything in the present that touches that, you get a strong reaction Mm. and people get confused because they'll be like, but that, that was so long ago. But when it comes to trauma, it doesn't matter how long ago, it always feels ever present and you never know when you're going to have a strong reaction to something. And that makes it really hard to just relax and enjoy your life. It really does. And that is a great way to explain it. And I think anybody who's ever had any kind of traumatic event in their life, which is pretty much everyone, they kind of get that. That rings true to them. So let's get into this discussion even more. And I would love to hear your definition. We're going to just start with your definition of trauma. Absolutely. So for me, it's anything from the past that's still present that causes any kind of challenge or disruption today. Mm -hmm. And so I have a wide view of it on purpose because I think people can agree on something like a terrible car accident or surgery or being a victim of a crime. They can look at that and go, yeah, that's traumatic. But what I see in reality is that sometimes everyday events that are fairly common can also be very traumatic for that individual. 
you know, being rejected from something, feeling left out, not feeling good enough, mm-hmm. that it doesn't always have to be one horrific event. It can be a series of events or beliefs that come across through different events in someone's life that stays with them. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes what lies underneath can seem pretty insignificant, but for whatever reason, it stays with that person and informs their current life. So if they feel like there's no point in trying because I'm not going to get what I want anyway, mm-hmm. that's coming from previous trauma and will definitely affect the things that they're willing to do or try going forward. Mm-hmm. I really like that definition, by the way. That's a great definition and a great way to conceptualize it. Now, why don't you talk a little bit about you were you were getting into it a little bit, but I stopped you about no about inner child. Tell sure. us just tell us a little bit about inner child work and what does that mean and what does it not mean, right? Maybe some misconceptions about it. Talk about that a little. Sure. And so you know, saying that the inner child is, is there's almost two sides to it. So it's kind of tapping into the part of us that's full of innocence and awe and curiosity and wonder about the world. So that's kind of one side of it. So the times that we, uh, um, the inner child feels really healthy, it's when we're invigorated, we're inspired, we're really motivated about things in life, mm-hmm. which is lovely. But also the other side of that is when it's it's the holder of all memories, both challenging and good memories. And so anything that we experienced that was difficult or messages that we learned when we were helpless and we really had to rely on the adults around us because we were children, those potentially negative or harmful words also get absorbed. Mm-hmm. And once that inner child is wounded, it can negatively influence how we are as adults. And so, you know, you could suddenly have your kids say, come get on the swing with me. And you're like, okay. And it takes you back to when you're in childhood and you're tapping into that lateness and that, yes, that wonder of being a child. But if you have a wounded inner child, some of the things that you may see or experience now is feeling like something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Or you see people being people pleasers mm-hmm. or trying to connect with people through conflict, mm-hmm. um, not being able to let go of, of physical things, possessions, you not being able to let go of people or relationships, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of anxiety, especially around something new. Um, if they set boundaries, they feel really guilty about it. They're very driven to be perfect or super achievers. There can be shame related to their own bodies, mm-hmm. difficulty trusting people. Um, some go the other direction instead of connecting in conflict, they avoid conflict at all costs. Mm-hmm. And there can be a lot of fear of abandonment. And so it doesn't mean that if you have any of these symptoms that you definitely you know, have difficult things from your past, but they're pretty good indicators that something is going on and that you have some room and space to be able to to go and get some healing. Yeah. And it's oftentimes, especially with those kinds of things, things that we're very unaware of in our conscious mind, right? That mm-hmm. we don't, we don't know that that is the cause or the impetus behind 
our behavior or our feelings or our yeah emotions. It feels very automatic. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, I tell people who, if they find that their reactions are typically stronger than what a situation calls for, mm-hmm. they're probably touching on something that needs to get some attention, whether it's actually trauma or not, that there's probably some piece of them that is stuck and needs help moving forward. So why do you think it's important for our mental health? First, we're going to talk about why you think it's important for our mental health to work on traumatic events or, or kind of our inner child stuff. And then I want to know how would somebody do that? Sure. And so when we don't work on our inner child challenges and the things that keep bubbling up for us, it's a lot harder to enjoy our present day life. It's harder to take on the role of parent and the role of spouse Mm. and the role of worker because these things keep, as much as you try to push them down or ignore them or compartmentalize them, they're going to come out and it's going to probably come out sideways or a way you didn't intend. Mm -hmm. And so being able to be strong enough to go and get the support that you need to be able to address some of these earlier wounds just allows you to be a more present person, a more conscientious person. It can help you be more present for your partner and your children and really help you. You know, a lot of the symptoms that can come are things like anxiety and depression. And so those are symptoms of something else going on. And so being able to relieve some of those just really helps you have a lighter and and more fulfilling life for yourself. And I I was thinking too, as you're talking that Traumatic events as what that we experience as grown-ups, right? Those are really hard in themselves, just in themselves. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I would say, much of the time anyway, it seems as if they touch back to another event. And so there's this compound mm-hmm. trauma. And so it touches back to this, this experience that we had and that where we're going to really have to find that place, that, that inner child place, right? Almost. And so how do you as a therapist specifically get back or get through all those layers? Well, and so I think some of it starts with education of clients of even if it doesn't seem connected, that there's usually an earlier event. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get to exactly know what that event is. And other times we don't, but you can still heal Mm -hmm. through lots of different powerful therapies Mm -hmm. that we now have available that are brain and body based therapies. So talk about that. that. Allow you. I want to hear about those. Um, So my modality of choice is a a therapy called brain spotting. Um, And I'm so, so thankful to Dr. David Grand. Um, He discovered that in 2003 when he was working with an Olympian who was having specific trouble with, it was an ice skater. There was a, a triple loop that she had trouble doing, but she was able to do harder things. And so he had been working with her um, with different modalities. And one day as he was going across her line of vision, he saw her eyes wobble and he just instinctively held that spot and brain spotting was born. And so brain spotting harnesses the brain's natural ability to heal and sets up those ideal conditions for that to occur. 
And it's really based on the principle that where we look affects how we feel. So there's literally a fixed point in space that you can look that can connect to and activate a topic that you're focused on or be the most calming or most uh, resourcing place at, if you look in that direction. And so when you work with a skilled brain spotting practitioner, they'll able to help you find that spot that literally connects to that unprocessed material we were talking about in the brain and process it through to completion on a brain level. And so the facts of what happened doesn't change. It's how you feel about it that changes. So it takes the emotional reaction out of it. And we talked about how old events can feel really present. What I find in my work with my clients is it helps to take that event and put it in its rightful place in history. Mm. So if something happened 10 years ago, it suddenly feels like it happened 10 years ago, where before we went through the brain spotting process, it felt ever present and felt like almost a literal monkey on their back. And so the emotional relief they get and being able to then say, yeah, that was an event in my life. It was really difficult, but I survived it and I don't have to any longer be emotionally affected by it. Mm -hmm. And that is just so rewarding to be able to support people through. That's a powerful intervention powerful intervention. And it does seem to get like, I have seen folks in with brain spotting, I, I use brain spotting as well. And I've seen them. I mean, what happens is like, you look at this one spot and your brain goes from one place to another place and back mm -hmm. and another place and back and another place and back healing all of those specific memories and areas of your life. And it's it's fascinating and gentle. I, I guess that's the word I have for that. It seems more, it seems very gentle and quick. And what I love about brain spotting is it's really client-led. It's mm -hmm. based on the, it's very relational and it's based on the relationship between the therapist and the client. And so we are constantly tracking and being present with them both in a relational way, but also in a neurobiological way. Yeah. And what I mean by that is we're constantly looking for nervous system cues and watching what the person is experiencing as while we find the brain spot to then be able to track what's happening. And so our brain is amazing. It has, I believe we think it's now four quadrillion neuron systems and so it allows the brain to literally make new neuron paths. Mm -hmm. And so it can take some of our more harmful beliefs and really reconnect them in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so again, the facts of the story doesn't change. It's how we feel about it that changes. And so it's gentle because we go at the pace of the client and we go where the client wants to go and where they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. And so we really take, you know, a co-pilot position. I mean, we're always there for the emotional support, but the client goes exactly where we need them to. And we fully trust that the client knows what they need to heal. Mm -hmm. And we trust in the process. And it's such a powerful experience. Yeah. I like that you said we trust in the process because some people out there might say, I have no idea where I need to go. And it's not that, that you consciously know where you need to go, but your brain knows. 
and your brain will do it and it will because that process is is something that you as a practitioner you can trust in that process and even if the client doesn't feel like they know and it's a good thing if they don't almost right yeah. like and that's the beautiful thing is that you don't have to know what it is to mm-hmm. know that it is. Absolutely. And so that's what I was referencing earlier when I say like some clients are able to make these connections and their processing is like jumping from memory to memory, but mm-hmm. they actually have visuals and images that they see. Mm-hmm. Other clients, it's really more somatic, meaning they experience an activation in their body and they get a positive shift. So if it feels like a ton of bricks on their chest mm-hmm. as they're going through the process, that gets lighter and lighter and lighter. Mm-hmm. And so there's not a wrong or right way. It's just each person's method of how they their brain processes. Mm-hmm. But we get to the same end result, which is relief. Mm-hmm. And that's what everyone's seeking is they come to any kind of therapy or coaching to feel better. And so to have this tool at at your disposal to be able to help people feel better, it's exactly what people are coming for. Mm-hmm. It's just a fascinating thing to watch and to experience. I mean, I have experienced it as well, and it's it's just a really cool thing to experience. I am wondering, for those of us out here who can't necessarily find a brain spotting practitioner today, mm-hmm. <laughs> Are there other things that are kind of tangible things that you talk to your clients about to get some relief from the experience of trauma? I mean, look, right now, while we're recording this anyway, we're in the middle of a worldwide trauma. We were talking about that before we were recording. You know, we're just in the middle of a worldwide trauma. And this whole experience with COVID has been it's just life changing, honestly, for my guess is most of the world. I mean, there are some, there's some positive things that have come Mm -hmm. out of it, honestly. And there's some really horrible, scary, sad things that are happening and coming out of it. And so we're in the middle of this. And I guess, you know, we were even saying we are in the middle of it and we don't know where there is an end. And maybe, you know, eventually there will be an end of it. Um, you know, we're prayerfully, right? Mm-hmm. There will be an end to this, but we don't know what that end looks like or when it's going to be. It's so, it's so uncertain and new and so many changes. And so, People are in the middle of this experience and they're feeling all of these things and, you know, that you've been talking about and it's triggering, right? It's triggering all those other things, experiences that we have in our past and all of the the thoughts that we have about ourselves and who we are and who we are in the world. And so I'd love for you just to talk about some tangible things we could be doing now. Sure. Absolutely. And so the first thing I hope everyone's able to bring forward is some self-compassion because nobody gets a handbook of how to be during a pandemic. No. And so as things continue to unfold that are outside of our, yes, you can take control of your own decisions and the things that you do, but so much of this is out of our control. And so having some self-compassion around, wow, this is out of everyone's comfort zone and everyone's impacted in some form or fashion. 
Mm-hmm. So the next thing is trying to find healthy outlets. When you're feeling these, these buildup of any feeling that you're having, having a way to be able to release that. For some people, that's laughter. For some people, it's physical movement. For other people, it's music. Other people, it's writing and being able to share their feelings on paper or connecting with a friend, even if it's not in the ideal way you would normally do it. These are the different ways that we are able to create outlets for our bigger thoughts and feelings. And recognizing right now, the little stuff is the big stuff. I like that. So if you're able to take a few minutes in between meetings or whatever it is you have going on in your life and just walk barefoot on the grass, if you live in a place where that's reasonable (laughs) or whatever terrain you have at your disposal, you know, just being present and feeling, gosh, what is that like trying to feel connected to something bigger than you? Taking a walk. You know, if, if prayer is something that's helpful to you, looking into that, you know, meditation, Mm -hmm. just being present and aware how we get through hard things is often we disconnect from our bodies. We're so busy doing the next thing, the next thing, the next thing that if you like say, okay, take a minute and tune in what's going on in your body. What do you notice on the inside? People will shockingly say, oh my gosh, my back hurts. I didn't even know that. Or my shoulders hurt. So taking some time to just bring some attention and movement to those areas that are aching because your body's trying to tell you something. And so the more you're able to tune in, you're able to address the challenges that your body's bringing to you because that's stress or tension or emotion because what happens in the body happens in the brain and what happens in the brain happens in the body. It's another brain spotting principle. And so the more we can tune in and just be aware and be like, wow, I feel like I have a million pounds on my shoulders and just bring some relief to that area. It's these small, small things that can give those releases mm-hmm. that hopefully help us stay a little bit more regulated. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of this is the triggering parts is the, the past trauma. It's a system overwhelming challenge. And so our nervous system is literally overwhelmed. And when we're getting triggered, our nervous system again is getting overwhelmed. So being able to do some grounding exercises like walking in the grass, pushing your feet in the ground, you know, doing something with your hands, whether that's clapping or just rubbing them together, things that bring you more presence Mm -hmm. and try to help you get past the overwhelm. Deep breathing is really, really helpful, especially belly breathing, meaning that you can actually see your solar plexus rise and fall. Because mm-hmm. then you know you're taking deep breaths instead of shallow ones. These types of things can help us bring us back to being grounded in a moment when all of a sudden we just have been in a place where we don't feel like we can handle whatever's been presented and allow us to get to a more calm, grounded spot that we can operate from a place that we would feel better about later. Yeah, we can function out of our emotions in a, from a different place when we can become aware of where we are in space and time, right? And and when we'll become aware of our bodies and 
and the present moment. It's all, it does help us then act out of that rather than act out of our overwhelm. So I love that. Those are great, great tangible things that everybody can do at any moment. You can breathe into your belly, no matter where you are, right? And taking 10 slow breaths into your belly and out, Mm. it's going to make a complete difference in the reaction of your, you know, in in your reaction. Changing settings. You know, if you're always sitting in the same place for your meetings Uh, or whatever it is you're doing, like getting up, (laughs) moving, you know, and if you can't literally switch your space, switch your orientation in your space. Mm. Oh, I like that. Just move like mm-hmm. the way that you are, whatever you're Turn facing. around, like, right. cause I understand people have space limitations and privacy limitations. So if I am facing a painting, I change and face the mirror instead. Yeah. And so it, it's still a change. And so it helps us feel like we're doing something, even if it's just a little bit different. That's what I mean by the little stuff's the big stuff. Mm-hmm. And so just changing your orientation can be helpful because it feels even just a little bit different. Yeah. Those are good words and good advice. Is there anything else? I mean, I feel like we could talk for an hour and a half here, but (laughs) is there anything else that you want to share with us specifically about, about trauma or our our trauma response that we're having or inner child work that you want to talk about right now? Yeah. I just want to help reduce the idea that if you've had past trauma, that that means something's really wrong with you. It literally means that you are human Mm -hmm. and you've had a human experience and it's okay if you need help or support to make sense of that human experience. Mm -hmm. And we all have had difficult things in our lives. For some people, even really difficult events, they process through completely on a brain level Mm -hmm. and really they're okay. And that's wonderful. It's just being able to recognize the experiences that you've had that didn't have that outcome Mm -hmm. and then being able to heal because then it helps heal even the generations after you and it helps have better interactions day to day with the people that you, that you love Mm -hmm. and you're with literally the most right now all the time. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean that you couldn't overcome this by yourself. Mm -hmm. It's that no one's meant to do this on their own. No one's meant to heal from grief and trauma by themselves. Mm -hmm. And so reaching out and getting that support, whether it's through a brain spotting practitioner, a religious figure, a coach, a therapist, Mm -hmm. you know, we're relational by nature as humans. We need each other to heal. I I like that a lot. And I want to say one more thing about brain spotting because this is something that I've had a lot of people in my career or, or even just in my life, like my personal life, who would say, I don't want to go to a therapist because I don't want to have to talk about all that stuff. And I don't want to have to relive everything and say it all out loud and tell everybody my story and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know that person and I don't want to talk about it. And brain spotting is, I think then brain spotting is for you because you don't have to say anything for this to work. And so I just wanted to say that, I mean, there's a lot of us out there because I'm one of them who just wants to talk and we want to tell our stories, right? And that's okay. But if you don't, and you're out there listening to this, and you're like, I don't want to go to therapists because I don't want to rehash everything, then find a brain spotting therapist because, you know, 
I do brain spotting and I am not a therapist and it's okay. You don't have to be a therapist. A lot of coaches do this. I actually did my training with a few massage therapists, by the way. So yeah, find somebody who does that because your brain will do it on its own. And that's what's beautiful about this. So yeah. And and it's done, like you said, it, it's, we take a general history just to know what sure. someone may have experienced, but they don't have to go through every painful detail. Mm-mm. That's kind of an old school approach to trauma that you have to tell your story yeah. and tell the whole thing. And now we know better and do better mm-hmm. now that we've gotten into more neurobiology and have more research mm-hmm. that that's not actually a required. If you want to do that, you can, Absolutely. but it's not a required part of healing. And so, you know, like you said, being able to be present, not have to do a lot of talking, but it's the relational mm-hmm. presence and that attunement of the therapist that gives that container and space for the person to heal. Yes. And so it sets up that optimal condition for your brain to do exactly what it needs to do in the support of a caring mm-hmm. professional mm-hmm. who really is able to help you navigate that space, Mm -hmm. but it's very different. You're right. Like people who are used to sitting down and talking, it's a very different approach. Mm -hmm. But once you see the progress that can be made, and like you said, it's not, the goal isn't to do it as fast as possible, but we find that a lot of people get healing so much quicker than they would have through talk therapy Mm -hmm. because you're using different parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. In talk therapy, you're in if you touch your forehead, you're in the prefrontal cortex. It's the logical and rational part of your brain where brain spotting kind of bypasses that and goes deeper down into our limbic system and brainstem to be able to go subcortically and work through that material we talked about is unprocessed. So it's a very different approach from what people are used to. But for people who don't want to feel like they have to talk the whole time, you're absolutely right. This is the therapy for you. It it really is. So Well, thank you so much for joining me today and talking about this This is something that I have a lot of passion and interest in, I think. And so thank you very much. Before we go, though, I do want you to talk about anything that you have going on. I know you have a training coming up for counselors, so I would love for you to tell that. And then also you have something else for everybody else. Yes, absolutely. And so the best way to reach me in the future is through my website. My business name is Supportive Solutions. So the website is supportive solutions, GA, like Georgia.com. And there you can get any information about me, more information about brain spotting. Um, for those of you who may want it, I have um, a, a real quick handout that helps you see signs that it might be time to get some professional counseling. And so if you just sign up for the emailing list, you'll get a downloadable um print out of that and you'll be able to use that both for you and for people in your world around you who may want some of that extra support. And as you mentioned, I also have a sign up for an upcoming training in brain spotting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of my specialties is on perinatal trauma. And so this is um, a field that's getting a lot of attention. And so I wanted to really help professionals. This is really for Um, people who work in some kind of capacity in 
the birth giving and caregiving world. Um, and so it, the first day is open to any professionals at all who want more proficiency around perinatal trauma. And the second day is designated for people who have had a minimum of the phase one brain spotting training. So we're going to be introducing a new setup that's really highly effective with this population, but we need folks to know how to use brain spotting to begin with in order to get that information. Um, additionally, for other professionals or anyone who has the, that professional interest, I have a Facebook group as well. It's called Brain Spotting and Perinatal Mental Health. You can feel free to connect with me there as well. And I love any feedback or questions that I can give. There is a way to communicate directly with me on my website. So if there's any information I can provide or support or direction I can give, I would love to do that for any of your listeners. Oh, thank you so much. And I would highly recommend all of you out there to go and, and get that download for, it's a free download for a why. Yes why you would want to go see a therapist or a coach right now. So Exactly. Okay. And, um, oh, go ahead. If you want to find a brain spotting practitioner in your area, I would also encourage people to go to brainspotting.com. And there's a lot of information about brain spotting because obviously we couldn't cover every aspect on the podcast, um, but we covered quite a bit of it. And so there's um, actually a listserv of people that you can search by your area or, um, you know, to be able to connect to a provider if you're interested in experiencing this. Great. Thanks. Now I'm going to ask you the three questions that I ask everybody on my podcast. So the first one is, I would love to hear an event that changed you as a, you personally. Uh, personally. So, you know, I came by one of my specialties very honestly, as my family would say. Um, I actually had twins who were in the NICU. Mm -hmm. And that was a life-altering event that anyone who has experienced that, there's nothing you can do to prepare you mm -hmm. for that outcome. And so I didn't quite have the birth that I had hoped for. And I definitely didn't have that initial connection with my children that I had hoped for. Um, but it really fueled me and my experiences and desire to be able to help other people who have similar experiences mm -hmm. and also possibly help with hospital policies mm -hmm. to make that a little bit easier for the people who are involved, obviously non-COVID. Mm -hmm. That's a huge event, huge mm -hmm. event. Okay. The next question is a person who changed you. It might sound cheesy, but really my children. Aww. And so just having the honor of being their mom and just knowing that, that love really has no bounds and being able to experience that has been life-changing for me. Mm, I love that. Becoming a mama is a huge, a huge event. And those are pretty great people. Yes. Okay. Now the last one is a book that changed you. Completely. It's kind of long, but it's called In an Unspoken Voice. How the Body Releases Trauma and Restores Goodness. Aww. And it's written by Dr. Peter Levine. Love and Dr. Was, Peter Levine. He's amazing. He's if somatic experiencing mm -hmm. and he has a whole set of trainings as well. And brain spotting definitely borrows from somatic Absolutely. experiencing. Um, but it was the first time it, that I was hearing trauma 
is something that happens to our nervous system being overwhelmed and that that can actually be healed Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't realize that, that traumas, you can heal trauma Mm -hmm. and that all those intense emotions and activations around the event can actually be calmed down. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was like life-changing for me to hear that information and just help set me on my journey to where I am now. That's great. I will definitely put the link to that in the show notes. People need to hunt down Peter Levine and find <laughs> find all of his stuff that he has out there. But I will put that specific one in the show notes. So thank you yes. again so much for being with us today. And I look forward to hearing more from you. And I might have to sign up for that training. That sounds really fascinating. So thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes and you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.